0: Yeah, good morning from a freezing cold Salford. It's minus four degrees out there. Minus four. It's uh, Brass monkeys It's very cold. Hope you're well. As I record this, it's nine minutes past seven o'clock. Wednesday, the 29th of November. 2023, the 29th of November. We're nearly into December. I'm very observant like that. Shall we look at the front pages of the UK Dailies? Let's do that. With the Metro, we'll start with the Metro. Book Fiasco Names Royal Racist. Yes. This is the Omid Scobie book, which is called Endgame, which is about the royal family and the relationship between the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Harry and Meghan, and the other members of that family. It's had to be pulled in Holland, apparently, because a Dutch translation of the book names the Senior Royal Accused of Racism by Meghan. Remember they were on Oprah Winfrey back in 2021? I know you don't, because you don't care. But they said that there was racism. A Senior Royal asked questions about what colour would the baby be? And all of that so that's the front page of the metro the daily mirror book names royal racist thousands of copies pulped after senior family member incriminated yes new harry and megan row also on the front page of the mirror the elgin marbles debate should they stay or should they go should the british government return the elgin marbles to greece does it matter does anybody care let's look at the daily mail again it's harry and megan scoby book pulled for naming royal racist by mistake how do you do it by mistake according to the mail sales halted in holland after dutch version appears to identify family member who allegedly asked about Archie's skin colour. It's terribly racist, that, isn't it? To wonder. When you have a person of mixed race, Megan, and old ginger porcelain skinned Harry, it's terribly racist to wonder. I wonder what the baby will look like when it comes out. (laughs) Maybe the royal family member had seen me, myself, and Irene, maybe. Maybe. With a Jim Carrey, remember? Who, um, yeah, anyway. If you haven't seen it, you won't get the gag. Daily Express, royals united against mischief making smears. And there is a photograph on the front page of the Express of King Charles, not our King, saluting something in full military garb and William, his son and heir, standing behind him, saluting, wearing full military garb. They're united, you see, against the poisonous Harry and Meghan. The I paper goes with Generic goes rogue with a dig at number 10 on migration. What does that mean? Well, the I reports on its front page the immigration minister, Generic, uh, vented his frustrations in the Commons about the government's efforts to cut the number of people coming to the UK. The I paper judges his comments risked breaching collective responsibility. Front page of the Times, call to close visa route for cheaper foreign staff. Close, close the visa route for cheaper foreign staff. Right. So the Times reckon Sunak is under pressure to scrap a system where visa rules are relaxed for certain professions facing shortages. This comes after new figures were released last week showing record levels of migration to the UK which prompted disquiet among some Tory MPs. So, relaxing rules for certain professions. The care sector, or people working within the care sector, or running care homes, they're screaming, we need more staff. And by attempting to cut migration, or making it difficult for people to come here and take jobs, it's making it difficult for our industry, the care sector. There's a million things wrong with that, but I won't get into it now. the daily telegraph and we will come back to this patients at risk from virtual gp sessions that is the front page of the telegraph patients at risk from virtual gp sessions a virtual gp session of course is one where you are not sitting down alongside your doctor we'll come back to that also on the front page of the telegraph gove suggests covid may have been made in laboratory michael gove gave evidence to the COVID inquiry yesterday And that's one of the number of things he claimed. It may have been manufactured in a laboratory, said Michael Gove. Okay, The Sun. Headline is, they stole her voice. The Sun has an exclusive interview with the father of Emily Hand. Now, she was released after 50 days as a Hamas hostage. Her father was born in Dublin. And he tells The Sun, he told The Sun in the interview, she is barely able to speak after being ordered by her captors to stay silent during the time she was held. I would imagine it's incredibly traumatic for the kid. Let's hope she gets all the help she needs there. Uh, Financial Times Barclays looks at ditching thousands of least lucrative investment bank clients. And also on the front page of the the, the Financial Times CIA officials posting of pro-Palestine image breaks agency objectivity code there must be a gag in there somewhere <laughs> the idea that the cia is objective give us a break daily star you're a daft pair of witchetty grubs is the headline you're a daft pair of witchetty grubs photographed are aunt and dick I genuinely, I know it's an old gag, this, it's a very old gag, I genuinely don't know which is Ant and which is Dick. And they've been on British television screens for over 20 years, maybe longer. I haven't a clue. Who's Ant and who's Dick? Maybe that's part of their charm, maybe. And they're being criticised by the naturalist Chris Packham, who says it's animal abuse. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here is animal abuse. You You know, in the jungle, this ridiculous reality TV show, they perform tasks and many of the tasks involve eating insects and spiders and God knows what else. Packham says it's animal abuse. Might He might well be right to kill animals in the name of entertainment. Might very well be fair, right? Irrespective of how tiny and how seemingly insignificant those animals are. They're animals. They are sentient creatures, aren't they? And that is what Chris Packham is arguing. You're listening to The Papers with me. The BBG. Good morning. Hope oh, your nuts are frozen off like mine are. I was in the park just uh, only only half an hour ago. I was, uh, I'm still cold, yeah. And the studio, you see, is kept cold all the time because of all the equipment. You probably know that. Electronics, yes, they do not work well in warm temperatures. So there's a great big radiator in the studio, but it is never turned on. Ever. Even on the coldest days. Let's look inside the papers as we do on this podcast. The Times inside. Now, this was on the front page of the Telegraph, but we'll go with the Times. Patients dying. Wait for it. As remote consultations miss risks. Surprise, surprise. Ah, yeah. The unexpected it's you between, you between the eyes. eyes. Well, that's the surprise, you see. That's all you needed now, first thing in the morning. You're on your way to work or you're out feeding the chickens and you you needed listening to me sing like you needed a kick in the balls, right? I get you, I get you, okay. What a surprise, eh? So they have cut face-to-face appointments with GPs for people and more and more appointments are remote and it's risking people's health and people are dying. Surprise, surprise indeed research has shown this so this is research right a team of researchers from the university of oxford they looked at 95 cases in which patients had died or suffered serious harm following gp appointments that were carried out by phone or video and the study found that the switch away from face-to-face consultations has at times resulted in missed inaccurate or delayed diagnoses and the underestimation of severity or urgency some of the errors related to conditions like heart disease sepsis and cancer which would likely have been readily diagnosed with an in person examination i don't think i need to say an awful lot more about that it's something we've looked at closely on the richie allen show many times the move away the move away from humanity this is a this is abandoning what we would have understood over the years, as interpersonal relationships, face-to-face, pressing the flesh, people being with people in the company of people. It's not just in medicine, but they're pushing us away from this. You know, traditionally, you would have went to see a GP and the GP would not have been really under any pressure, really, in terms of time. You know, your GP would have sat with you for however long it took to understand what was going on with you and to maybe give you some advice or maybe to prescribe you some medicine. Obviously, during the 1990s, particularly during the Blair years here in the UK, when when target systems were introduced and GPs were told you shouldn't spend any more than five or ten minutes with people, that was bad enough, but at least then you got to sit with the GP. But these days, increasingly, and they're blaming it on COVID, of course, like they're blaming everything, they're pushing people to remote appointments. And as you probably know, In the future, it is planned that artificial intelligence programs will conduct conversations with you, bots, basically, using phones, smartphones or tablets. And they reckon that these artificial intelligence bots will be so sophisticated that it will equal, it will be the equal of sitting down with the human GP in the same room as the human GP in the surgery. This is bollocks, of course. We know this, you know this. It's part of a wider agenda. But surprise, surprise, eh? Remote appointments and telephone appointments are missing serious illnesses and it's killing people, yeah. Uh, The study, by the way, was published in the BMJ Quality and Safety, if you want to read more about that. But, as I said, The Times, The Telegraph, they've all covered it today. Let's stay with The Times for a few minutes. Andrew Bridgen accepted millions in loans from Reclaim Party. Now Andrew Bridgen has become well known in the independent media or in independent media circles. Won't talk to the Richie Allen show. No, no, no. Won't talk to the. He speak to everybody else, including um some of some of my contacts. But will not come on the Richie Allen show. Fair enough. That's his right, of course, to speak to whoever he chooses and to whoever he chooses not to. But uh, don't say that you're an advocate for free speech. The reason Bridgen declines to come on with me is because he's terrified he'll be considered or he will be accused of anti-Semitism. It's pathetic, but anyway. So Bridgen is known because he has spoken up about vaccine injuries in the House of Commons. And for doing that, he was kicked out of the Tory party. The whip has been removed. He's now a member of the Reclaim Party. Um, Bridgen will lose his seat in Parliament next year, as sure as today is Wednesday. And that that's neither a good thing nor a bad thing. it's neither a bad thing nor a good thing. It doesn't matter uh, really, but look he he did his best I think to to get it debated in Parliament, you know, the vaccine rollout, and he paid the price for it unsurprisingly, so we give him credit for that. So he was expelled by the Tories in April says the Times he remains in Parliament, but he received nearly four million pounds three point nine million in exact the exact figure three point nine million from jeremy Hosking Jeremy Hosking who was a very wealthy man. And he was given that money to help fund a legal battle with his brother over the Bridgen family potato farm. (laughs) Yes. I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. Uh, So he's in a legal squabble with his bruv over a spud farm, and he was given £3.9 quid by Jeremy Hosking. Now, in May, he became, according to the Times, the only MP, It's, it's true, for the hard right, says the Times Reclaim Party, mostly funded by Hosking, the loans were not registered at the time with parliamentary authorities and have not appeared on his register of interests. The Times approached him. Bridgen said he had now declared the sums. It doesn't look like he's done anything illegal, but um, again, I suppose what it does do is, I suppose it serves to remind people, it's a big club and we're not in it. You know, political parties, the old ones, and the new ones, Even Reclaim and even the... There's another party, which name... There's another party. Its name has gone out of my head now. But political parties tend to be funded by people with enormous amounts of money. Big Club, we're not in it. That's the Times. The Telegraph, very interesting this. The Telegraph, very interesting. Eilish O'Hanlon, has written in the Telegraph. Her column is headed with this headline, Leo Varadkar's Ireland is flirting with a new form of totalitarianism. Now, it's a long and well-written article. Let me read just a little bit of it. The government in Ireland, writes Eilish, is indeed introducing extraordinary new legislation to restrict freedom of speech, but it isn't horrid right-wingers conspiring to suppress nice, decent liberals, it is nice, decent liberals scrambling to stamp out the opinions of what they call the far right. And far from being alarmed by this assault on basic freedoms, the broad swathe of progressive opinion in Ireland is fully behind it, including most voices in the broadcast and print media and every major party. She goes on, does Eilish O'Hanlon. Since riots broke out in Dublin last Thursday, Following the stabbing of three children, the cries for action have become even louder, ever louder. The government, led by Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, has now pledged to have the Criminal Justice, Incitement to Violence or Hatred and Hate Offences Bill on the statute book within a matter of weeks. Yes, the new law would surely have escaped international attention had those riots not happened. She's wrong, of course. I uh, don't know where she got that from, Eilish Johanna. Lots of people internationally have been talking about Ireland's hate speech bill. We've been talking about it for a long time, but anyway. She says um, it would have escaped international attention, apart from the riots, but Dublin's eagerness to regulate hate speech has, as internet parlance puts it, gone viral. Now the whole world knows that Ireland is poised to pass one of the most draconian pieces of legislation in modern times which will see Irish people facing potential jail sentences of up to two years for the possession of literature, quote, likely to incite violence or hatred, end quote, against others on the grounds of certain protected characteristics, including race, gender and sexual orientation. Eile O'Hanlon continues, the police and courts will not even need to demonstrate that the material in question was intended to be distributed to anyone other than the owner. It will be presumed until the contrary is proven. That's enshrined in the legislation, by the way presumed until the contrary is proven. Um, so you'll be presumed to be inciting, even if there's no evidence. It's reminiscent of the Soviet Union, says Eilish Where having copies of literature banned by the state, known as samizdat, was enough to fall foul of the KGB. That's right, samizdat. To make matters worse, the Irish government has not actually defined in the bill what hatred is, saying that to do so could risk prosecutions collapsing. And Helen McEntee, Ireland's Justice Minister continues to insist citizens will be able to speak freely, but a senator for the Green Party, one of three parties in the governing coalition, let the cat out of the bag. Pauline O'Reilly said, and she really did, we are restricting freedom, but we are doing it for the common good. That's Eilish O'Hanlon's excellent piece on the tyranny unfolding in Ireland, in the Republic of Ireland, in recent times. It is absolutely astounding that the Irish would put up with it. For hundreds and hundreds of years, Irish people resisted tyranny. Now Irish people, not every Irish person, of course, we know many, who tried to do something about it, but the majority are embracing it. Yes, absolutely, restrict what we can say, monitor what we think, absolutely do it because it's for the common good basket case is Ireland. But we've said before on the other show, and I think we're right, it looks like Ireland is a testing ground for what's to come for everybody else. You want to know what's coming to you? Have a look at Ireland. Okay. Staying with the Telegraph, ITV accused of using dirty tricks to cut Nigel Farage's I'm a Celebrity airtime. The Telegraph says, allies of Nigel Farage and ITV are locked in a row. Uh, They're claiming that Farage is being censored on the ITV show. We mentioned earlier Anton Deck. Anton Deck being criticised by Chris Packham for animal abuse. But now Farage allies are saying, well, you're you're limiting his screen time. You're trying to marginalise him to prevent him from winning it, apparently. Uh, The show will finish in just under two weeks' time. ITV has been accused of using, quote, insane dirty tricks, uh, end quote, to limit Farage's air time. Friends of him have even suggested that ITV are going all out to prevent him from winning the programme's 23rd edition. Jesus wept, has that pile of shit really been on air for 23 years? It would appear so. It would appear so. And God, it is a pile of shit really, isn't it? So Farage, is he being marginalised? Who gives a damn? Here's one from the Mail Online. And it's in the Daily Mail too. Is China's mystery pneumonia sweeping Europe... Netherlands sees alarming surge in similar illness among children as terrifying video shows hazmat-clad workers in China disinfecting schools. What's going on? So again, it it says in the article, there's an alarming spike in pneumonia cases among kids in the Netherlands. Uh, Dutch health experts say a striking number have been sickened since rates began soaring in August, with most cases among those aged 5 to 14. A mystery pneumonia in kids aged 5 to 14. It goes on to say, surveillance data shows rates of the illness, which can prove life-threatening, are already nearly twice as high as the peak recorded last year. This comes as China battles its own mystery pneumonia cluster, with the media stating hospitals are being overwhelmed with sick children. Terrifying footage, says the Mail, reminiscent of scenes during COVID's darkest days. Shows the health workers in hazmat suits, gloves and masks, spraying disinfectant through schools, hallways and outdoors. Beijing officials have ruled out a new virus being to blame. So what's going on here? Why are we hearing about these things? Why did the media on Monday talk about a very serious cold that is confining people to their beds here in the UK? Why all of this talk? I have an opinion. I have a theory, but I have no evidence to back it up. Maybe... It's fear-mongering designed to encourage people to take these measures without mandates, maybe. Could it be that they are trying to encourage people to reach for the face masks without actually mentioning face masks and other things, you know? Maybe encouraging people, maybe kind of programming people to maybe do less, to venture outdoors less without actually telling them they should do that. I wonder, is that what it is? You know, it's just bombarding the 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 public because we we've been bombarded with it remember this nonsense about we found swine flu in a single person and that could be dangerous it's worrying and now we have pneumonia in Holland and now we have you know a terrible cold that people can't seem to shake these have these are stories which have which have filled the airwaves they really have in the last few days and I wonder is it about encouraging people you know just nudging them. You know, the government's nudge unit, nudge, 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 to where they might do things without being asked. Wearing a mask and whatnot. Staying in. Not going out so much. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. The Guardian, inside headline, deal to keep 1.5 degrees Celsius, hopes alive, is within reach, says COP28. President, COP28 begins tomorrow. Doesn't it? It begins tomorrow. The United Arab Emirates is the host. And Sultan Al Jaber will lead the talks on behalf of the United Arab Emirates because its hosting told the Guardian in an exclusive interview on the eve of the talks that yes we can we can get countries to come together and impose measures that might keep hopes alive that there will not be a warming above 1.5 degree Celsius. He told The Guardian, wait for it, this is a quote, The world could agree a robust roadmap of cuts in greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 that would meet scientific advice. What do they mean exactly? What would they all agree to? What would the robust roadmap look like where we all agree to cut greenhouse gas emissions? Well, I'll let you think about that one for yourself. Dearest listener, they're going to come out with some whoppers, aren't they, in the next few days, and the recommendations will be truly draconian. I think they're going to begin to recommend limiting people's right to travel for holidays and stuff. I really do it's all happening, and it will happen in the next few days in the United Arab Emirates. Keep uh, stay tuned to the Ritchie Allen Show cause I'll be covering it and staying with the Guardian, and we might finish with the papers then after this one in the guardian it says that hamas invites elon musk to gaza to see extent of destruction by israeli strikes now that's kind of self-explanatory is it not it says um that basically elon musk went to israel he was given a tour of a kibbutz by benjamin netanyahu the kibbutz were allegedly uh, hamas soldiers or Hamas terrorists uh, killed many, many young Israeli revelers. So, Musk went there and now now Hamas has invited him to come to, to Gaza to see the devastation of Gaza because of the Israeli attacks. We invite him to visit Gaza to see the extent of the massacres and destruction committed against the people of Gaza and that comes from Osama Hamdan, Osama Hamdan, that's right, a senior Hamas official, he said this in a press conference in Beirut last night. That's right. Uh, Those are the papers. I'm looking at the BBC News website to see if there's anything else I should be telling you about this morning. Not a lot, really um the there's hopes that the temporary ceasefire between Israel and Hamas will be extended further if both sides can agree to conditions it will obviously depend on Hamas releasing more hostages back to Israel and more Palestinian prisoners uh, being freed so that's uh, getting coverage on the BBC news website today there's not a lot else really to tell yeah Other than the Richie Allen Radio Show will be live at 4 o'clock UK time this afternoon, Wednesday, as it is every day. Do join me, and I will take this opportunity again to ask you, if you haven't done before, to download the app for the Richie Allen Radio Show. You'll get it on iTunes. You'll get it, sorry, on Apple Store, the App Store, as it's known, or you'll get it on Google Play. And if you happen to be in a country, and it tells you that the app isn't available in your country, Well, then download a VPN, a virtual private network. And what that does is it hides your IP address and it makes it very simple then to download the app. It couldn't be any easier than that. Right, that's the papers for Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2023. Wrap up well if you're going out this morning because it is cold everywhere. Be Jesus, it's cold. Join me if you can at four o'clock. Remember everything, the papers and the Richie Allen Show, which is live. It's all archived on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic, anywhere you get your podcasts then. So until later, bye.